Welcome to The Last Detail, a thoroughly considered side quest. In this show, we chat with a distinguished guest about a single object that is meaningful to them. We dive deep into that object, discussing the design, the manufacturing process, the good, the bad, and everything in between. After all, good design is thorough, down to the last detail. Today's guest is Christina Warren, a journalist turned developer who currently works as the senior dev advocate at GitHub, while also hosting the podcasts Overtired and Rocket. Her object is the Sharp MD MT15 mini disc player. So my office, which is a mess, um, uh, but I do have a lot of great shoes, is um, basically a graveyard for failed products. <laughs> and while I was trying to find my mini disc player, failed, I did find the box even for the Nokia Lumia 800. Ooh. This was only released in Europe. This was the very first um, Windows phone that, that Nokia released. It is this device. It is the most beautiful phone that has probably ever been released it is like the actual perfect smartphone on every capacity, except the fact that it ran not even Windows Phone 8, which was the one that Microsoft really promoted and put a lot of money into and stuff and mm-hmm. still failed spectacularly. This was Windows Phone 7.5, so it was really bad. It was like oh. a dead end when it was released, which is why it was never released in the U.S., because they were like, we already have said that this will not be the, the future of our mobile ambitions, but it is uh, it is like still to this day, I'm holding it in my hand. I remember when it came out in 2011, I want to say, it felt so big, and now I've got it compared to my iPhone oh, Wow. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and it's like not even, it, it, it's tiny as, as, as hell, but it, it had like an OLED screen and, and the most amazing design curves and the way that the plastic was done, it was this polycarbonate where they dyed all the way down like the the nokia uh-huh. designers talked to me and they were like if you scratch this thing it's not it's just going more color to, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's just gonna be more color yeah it, it, like it, it it feels amazing in the hand um yeah it, so is I, that I the just same found this. <laughs> is that the same product like series as the one that was yellow with that circle camera on the back Yes, similar. it's the same design. It's the same design language, but this was a couple of years earlier, and I do oh, okay, have that yeah. yellow one. I do have that yellow one somewhere too. That one that was big. Stuck uh, th- out this to was me. Smaller. That that phone always has stuck out to me as like really actually being an opinionated, interesting design in the sea of like rounded rectangle glass things that are black. It, yeah, one hundred percent. It was it was such a smart. I feel I, it's surprising to me that that rectilinear form which is basically the ipod nano style way of making a hard rectangle (laughs) where it's like Mm -hmm. how do you describe it it's like curved on the left and right side but the it's like you lop off the top and bottom to where it's an extruded pill shape yes um and so what i thought was so nice about that form factor is you could in in the era before we had screens that actually have rounded corners like you could push the screen all the way to the edges without needing to round the corners because it was a rectangle when you look straight on at it yeah Yeah, and that's exactly what this is when i'm when i'm looking at this now yeah exactly as you said the the extrusion and and the way that they tapered kind of pill like at the edges so it's the sides are curved and and also to that point it feels really good in the hand but this is a phone that from 2010 or 2011 and um, it, the design was originally for, uh, for for Migo, which was the the failed Linux Symbian uh, successor. 
And mm -hmm. uh, then um, Stephen Eloff was like, we're not doing Migo. Migo is, is bad. So we're, we're going to do this Windows phone thing. And so they use this exact same design for the device that I have in, uh, that I'm, have in my hand. But I, so this design is, is probably 14, thir 13 years old, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. if you were to, other than the size of it, like literally, you know, it goes almost all the way to the edges. Like they, they give you almost hmm. as much screen as possible. They're, even even the borders, you know, on the, on the screen itself are basically all up against the edge. And so the, the end result is something really, really beautiful. Yeah. But yeah. it really um, makes you think that Apple at some point really went into rounded rect and they like committed to rounded rect as a thing. And it's yeah. like, that is so limited there. Like aesthetic. It's like, cause you, if you, if you drop that phone, I'm sure like people designers will be like, maybe we could do this as a designer. But like, sorry, it's not a rounded rect. Like, it's like <laughs> we can't do it. And I, I feel like that's true. I, cause literally everything is a rounded rect. Yeah. Everything. 100%. The, it is true, though, that the rounded having a screen that has a rounded corner is really nice. Like, I think it would be hard to go back to like yeah, perfectly right angle screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, well. but, but I just had this in my hand, and it's amazing. It feels, in some ways, it kind of feels like the Zune, which also hmm. the 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 Zune, um, which I never owned when it existed, but I have one. Um, uh, whatever the the LED one, the OLED one was, uh, the the mm. um. I guess it was like the last model It also had like a kind of a similar sort of aesthetic feel, but it didn't feel as nice as this, this, this Nokia. I have to be completely honest. This Nokia is maybe one of the, the best feeling phone devices I've ever held. Yeah. I, mean, I remember it's, pl it's plastic, right? Just like it's plastic, 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 polycarbonate, not fancy, polycarbonate. just a good texture. Yeah. Good, great texture. And it's got a, and it's got a good weight to it. Like it, it's heavy. Yeah. So it feels substantial. That was the th always, and that was the thing with the the big yellow one with the, the huge lens too. Those were big phones. This one is not. This one's actually really small, mm. but those mm -hmm. were big phones, um, and they were also indestructible. I did um, a number of uh, like, you know, like crash tests on hardwood floor and stuff with zero cases. I was like, you don't need a case for this phone. <laughs> yeah. like I finally broke yeah. one one time because I just wanted to see if we could break it. This was years later after they'd all been obsoleted where I was standing on, off of a two story. I, I was in, in an office um, building. I was in the, the Gawker media offices and I was standing on the second floor. We had um, this, uh, this huge two story um, uh, kind of facade where there was the uh, stairs that would go up and we connect the, the two floors. And I was standing up on the second floor and um, the, op the, the floors to also to, to be clear were all concrete but not only were they concrete they were purposely designed to not be even so <laughs> it's like the worst possible surface you could drop a device on because because aesthetically they wanted it to have kind of that industrial look by design and so i, I the only way i was able to finally kill this phone was to stand up on a second story thing and and throw it down with all of my might onto an uneven concrete floor and not finally busted the screen nice yeah, that's cool uh, yeah it's who knows where we will land i feel like we're going to be talking retro techno world a lot <laughs> so so uh, yeah i i there's i don't know it is i think this will be a really boring period and it's not even that long of a period it's like like 15 years or something i'm just like really boring industrial side <laughs> hopefully we'll get out the other side it's like, yeah everything in aluminum round wreck i mean come on yeah well but we're not here to yeah. talk about no <laughs> cell phones nope <laughs> 
Nope. We're talking about other failed products yeah. that were beautiful and wonderful. <laughs> For a brief moment. So yeah, why don't you introduce the object that you decided to uh, talk about today? Yeah. So I uh, I love audio players. I, I think for like like a lot of us, and, and maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong here, but I think that for a lot of uh, tech nerds of a certain age, our first real gadgets, other than maybe video game consoles um, or like a VCR or something, would be like a personal audio player. And that is such, of course, a foreign concept now because everybody has cell phones. And mm-hmm. and uh, unless you're very, very dedicated, it's, it's hard to even get a high quality, just pure personal audio player. Mm-hmm. Um, and like most people, for me, kind of the holy grail of that did end up being the iPod. And, and I had... Almost every version of the iPod from the the, the second generation um, on up. Um, but if I being completely honest, my very favorite personal audio player was a mini disc player, and it was the mini disc format in general, um, which for a very brief period of time had kind of its almost mainstream moment in the sun. And so I'm talking about uh, the Sharp MD MT15, and it was a portable mini disc um, player and recorder. Uh, I think that it came out in 1999 based on my research. I got it in the spring of 2000. So I was a high school student mm-hmm. and it is, uh, and for me, you know, just to kind of, to, I guess maybe set the preference, uh, set, set the stage for that era. Um, you did have some flash based mp3 players like the like the rio and there were some others that would use mm-hmm. like, like, like like 16 megabyte or 64 megabyte even yeah. and megabyte yeah, um, it was like 10 cards. or 15 songs you could fit onto it basically yeah, yeah. exactly ten, 10 or 15 songs and they, they weren't very high quality they were plastic kind of cheap devices you did have those as mp3 players because mp3 at this point you know napster uh comes out in 1999 and and the format explodes like instantly mm-hmm. and um uh, you had uh, already but so so you did have some of those portable players the ipods a couple years away but the way that most people were listening to portable music was through cd players and so um like most of my friends including myself like we had portable cd players that's what we would listen to in high school that's what we would carry with us yeah. you know mm-hmm. and and so uh you know rip mix burn was was the original <laughs> itunes yeah. uh, uh, tagline and, and and the burn there was burning to a cd right mm-hmm. and that was a very yeah. common thing that the cd cd manufacturers very very quickly adopted mp3 to be like okay we can play the data disc and we'll play the list of files so mm-hmm. that did become a big way that people would would play lots of music and and you know i remember even like again in high school people had mp3 uh had their, their car stereos would support you know um cd players that played mp3 files mm-hmm. but they're, they're bulky there there were downsides to this sort of technology because even with skip protection you've got you're, you're carrying around um something that has a rotating you know disc mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. uh and a laser and alignment and issues and so it's just it's not really the same as what had been its predecessor uh, cassette tape what made that great was that you could run with it you could you know mm-hmm. small and portable you could record Right, mm-hmm. and and so mini disc, which uh, which was a format which debuted in in the mid '90s in Japan, and then they tried a couple of times to bring it to the U.S., never really took off. Was this idea of what if we take the digital aspect and the high fidelity of CD, but we bring in the portability and the robustness of of a of a tape, and we also let you record, mm-hmm. and yeah. and so that was 
when, when I kind of figured that out and also the, then when I figured out how easy it would be to record mp3s onto these these mini discs which blank ones were you know maybe three or four dollars a piece I was yeah. like okay why would I buy a Rio which is going to make mm-hmm. me have to I can maybe get you know 30 minutes of songs on it I'm going to have to you know constantly Plug reflash it, it. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. exactly you know use a parallel port all kinds of stupid stuff <laughs> when I could have a mini disc player where I can just have these I can re-record the on 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 the disc first of all which you know I'll you could some CDRW drives, but that wasn't always a great experience. They were expensive but too. They yeah. were, they were, but yeah. I've got these like $4 discs and I could just have these amazing mixtapes of everything that I illegally downloaded off the internet. What? When did you, when did you graduate high school? What year? Uh, 2002. Okay. So okay. that's the same with me and Dan is 2003. Yeah. We are so it, like <laughs> all of this feels so uh, viscerally real, you know, like yeah. the Napster, the LimeWire, the my first MP3 like f- player was this like iRiver one, which was like a triangle that was extremely. Yes. <laughs> and I just remember just it's just so and it's funny because I the thing I the period of time we're talking about must be like four years or something yeah. it's like yeah. such a small yes. period of time when this Tiny happened window. yeah but we were we are all right exactly in the pocket yes of this like mp3 is starting these fetish objects kind of being able to afford them like really caring about like it is it's bring back so so much nostalgia it's like pretty crazy yeah uh, yeah it's like that window is such a time capsule where it's like by the late 90s it was like clear like digital audio is a thing. This is the way. And then it was like three, four, five years of like, okay, how does that manifest? And you had all these overlapping, it's like the mini disc and you had the uh, CDR burner becoming affordable. And, yeah. you know, yep. it started off at like one X burning where you'd have to wait 70 oh, minutes yeah. to like yes. burn a CD and it would mess up all the time. And so you're like throwing CDs away. And then, and then yeah. that along with, uh, kind of broadband internet finally starting to proliferate to make like yep. mp3s faster to download stuff and all this happened kind of overlapping all at the same time and so yeah. it was like what really? is it going to be and then pretty much i mean ipod was 2001 but really 2003 2004 was one when it, when it yeah, was like totally this mm-hmm. is oh yeah 2002 off. it's like this is gonna okay this is actually the answer and then that kind of abruptly ended the era's like okay it we ended don't that need. whole thing <laughs> yeah yeah and, and you're right it really was 2003 2004 um i always mentally i think i i, I couch the ipod era as honestly i don't count it in october 2001 when it was announced mm-hmm. but in like the the summer of 2002 when they came out with the second generation and they had windows yes. support yeah so that's when i got mine yeah that's when yeah. i got mine as well because <laughs> uh you you could get software that would would make it work but it, without windows support I, I think we can all agree that ipod would not have worked it would not have right right yeah and, and apple wouldn't be apple we wouldn't have iphones like if they yeah. if, they, if they hadn't brought windows support to it it wouldn't it wouldn't be a thing but yeah, yeah. 2003 2004 when they did when they moved away from firewire and and did the, the 30 pin connector um that yeah. was then and, and so usb which everybody had on their computer uh that was the moment that it it really broke through but yeah but you're right it's like it's it's so funny i was thinking a lot about this before our pod and i was like yeah it's just this tiny four or five year window really about four years yeah where there was this innovation 
and people trying to figure out, okay, what does portable audio look like? Because what we know we that it's going yeah. to be digital media. We know it's going yeah. to be MP3, but what does it look like? And, uh, and so you had some weird and beautiful products. And Minidisc <laughs> was my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. So I, whenever, whenever you like were coming out and we knew you were going to do a mini disc, like I started looking at them again and I was just so incredibly struck by how amazing of an object a mini disc is <laughs> and how it somehow has this, it's like the perp in my mind, it's like the perfect, like future object. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't think you can get more like. This is a symbol of the future, and maybe we're maybe we're all like couched in the same cultural nostalgia, and so that's why it feels that way. Mm-hmm. But it's like this weird object of like the cases are always clear. I've never seen an opaque one. Maybe they exist, but they're like mm-hmm. always clear cases. Mm-hmm. Always so clear. you have this you have this thing of like you're holding this object that feels like plastic and an object that's not fragile. But then it's got this shiny, reflective, future data object mm-hmm. on the inside. Yes. And it's just like this perfect, it's so great. It's like, I want them still. Like, and it feels, yes. some, it feels familiar too in that it's like basically a floppy disk and it's, it's like kind of disc. design. And so it's like, oh, this is the 2000 era version of a floppy disk. Like this is the futurist version of this data thing. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And, and and even the name, right? Like mini disc, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. because it had all the properties of both a floppy disk and a CD um, are, but in this smaller, like more robust package. Um, and the, like case, I, the case makes it like I think it, if it was just a disc. It would feel uh, fragile and like it's going to dis- yes. get destroyed and it's not mm-hmm. durable. But like the fact that it's got this case, you all of a sudden you put them on a shelf and you have a collection. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, and I don't, the thing is, I don't remember mini disc. First of all, I never had a mini disc, but I still don't remember cases as being a thing that matters about them. And so that's really interesting too. Maybe people no. had cases, but they, they did, but, but, but because they were really robust, you didn't have to, right? Yeah. Like, like you could buy them. It was, it was, so it was interesting. It, it was, and it was interesting. I have a couple of pre-recorded mini discs. There weren't many of them that were released, but mm-hmm. they did release some. Like I have, um, I have Radiohead's um, uh, Kid A on mini disc, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> which cool. is amazing. That's very cool. What a <laughs> it, cool it, object! Like, <laughs> yeah, like I yeah. feel like you could sell that, sell that to a hipster for like oh. a lot, a lot of money. <laughs> oh, they go for a lot on eBay, and and yeah, I will never yeah. sell mine. And what's actually interesting is that when they released, um, like a, I, I guess it was. The, the the 25th anniversary of, of OK Computer, um, they found some mm-hmm. demos mm-hmm. from the band and the demos had been recorded to Minidisc. Oh, and so there were these early amazing. sessions. And so they they sold this thing. Uh, Radiohead's one of my, my favorite bands. And, and they, they sold this, you know, special collector's edition and, and the, the download. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's like 1.4 gigabytes because it's, um, again, what was interesting about Minidisc is that it wasn't, it was data, and and the data, but it was also time. So it was like, uh, in terms of audio and how you were recording, um, it was seventy four minutes, uh, sim- similar to like a, an extended um, uh, play um, um, a CDR. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but those were were like six hundred megabytes, and then some of them like were were, were seven hundred or whatever. Mm-hmm. They would kind of view things in time, most of the cases, but it was also data. So so the megabyte thing would be it would be about seven hundred megabytes per mm-hmm. disc. Um, and so, um, the, the downloading those, uh, 
the the OK Computer uh, mini discs, you know, from the sessions that they'd recorded then was such a throwback in many ways. And I was like, oh, OK, this is why they chose this format in addition to, you know, CD. And, and I, I doubt they even really I don't think they released it on vinyl, uh, at least not not in um, 2000. Um, but, um, I, uh, when Kid A came out, but it, but it made sense to me why, you know, I was able to get a copy of Kid A on mini disc. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. the band used this in their recording process for, for other albums and for other things. So they, they probably had an affinity for it or maybe it was a it's label just, decision. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just cool that you can put it in your pocket. Like the fact yes. that you can just like take it out of this machine and put it in your pocket and you got this like data i mean obviously tape and all that stuff but it's just there's just something about that the fact that it's like iridescent the disc yes and, like, it's iridescent like a hologram and like what's even going on inside there <laughs> Such yes. a and, and 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 again like you could you could do you could edit this was also kind of the amazing thing with it it was all digital and so you could edit on the device. Like if mm-hmm. you had um, a mini disc player only, you couldn't. But like I had like the the Sharp unit. One of the reasons I got it when I when I got it is uh, I was I was a big gadget nerd and, and a big researcher. Shocker. And mm-hmm. um, I I wanted I decided that I kind of wanted to get into one because I'd been reading on you know audio forums and stuff that this was like a, a good way of having an alternative MP3 player. But what appealed to me about it and what I loved about the Sharp device was that you could edit and you could record on it as well. And so you have this this object and if it's unlocked, you could lock it again, just like a floppy disk. Um, but, but if it's unlocked, you know, you could have things on it and you could, you know, record on top of things. You know, you could you could edit in between tracks. Um, it had metadata support where you could connect a, a, a PS2 port on, on some of the, the devices and type in all of the, the song titles or track information mm-hmm. that you wanted. Huh. And, you know, and, and this was something that Sony built into the format in the in the early 90s. You know, this was all stuff yeah. that was there from the beginning and that then gradually kind of. You know, when they tried to reintroduce it um, in in the U.S. Uh, the, the second time and when they really tried to lean into the MP3 aspect, which they, they got to too late, um, they, you know, I that was something that was serendipitous is the fact that, you know, you had this editing capability. So mm-hmm, it wasn't yeah. just so much of like it, it was this fixed object if you wanted it to be, but it was also ephemeral. So it was, to me, as somebody who was too young, like like because we're all the same age, basically, like we were too young for, for mixtapes, right? So, so we don't really yeah. have the experience of people making mixtapes and recording things off of the radio and trying to find the perfect way to sequence things. But I do have experience with doing like mini disc mixtapes. Mm-hmm. And what was so cool is you could move the tracks around. So if I wanted to move oh, the really? track from position five to position 10, I could. And mm. I could do that on the device, which uh, I've got to be honest with you, you know, until the iPhone, I didn't have that ability again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. I, I like I could never do that with 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 my iPod. Yeah, you'd have to like start from yeah, you'd have to like start from scratch or like yeah, but yeah, you couldn't like even create a, a playlist on your iPod. Like like your iPod didn't yeah, write. Yeah, like, not it, it was on your iPod. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You right. Had to have but a on computer, the device, yeah, exactly. So so you could do all that on a computer, but I didn't have to be on a computer. I could literally mm-hmm. just be on the device and mm-hmm. moving tracks around, which yeah. was so cool. Yeah, there's. Uh, <laughs> It's just such an interesting. I mean, we can talk about this later, but I'm sure this is like gonna come back around. But what I have a question is: so why there's a lot of mini disc players? 
Did you have several? And if so, or why did you pick this specific one? Is it because yeah. you, the one you had or what? what's the... Is there no, I've had, like- I had like four or five and this was my yeah. first one. And if I'm honest, because I, I, I became a little bit of a fan and I kind of got into it o- over the years and then I worked at Best Buy. And so I got discounts and... Um, <laughs> And and so you know I had the opportunity to 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 buy and then oftentimes I would buy one and then I would like sell it to a friend and then get another one or I would <laughs> I would abuse the Best Buy um, extended warranty because I was an employee and I'd be like it's broken. Poor Best Buy. <laughs> well, no, you know what? Not poor Best Buy. I was I, I was the best employee they ever had. Um, <laughs> I, I I was the sort of you know like. I'm sure most people have only had negative experiences at Best Buy. If you went into a store that I worked at, you had like the best experience of your life because you actually had somebody who was obsessed with everything we sold and knew everything that was in that store. Um, This also aligns perfectly with our nostalgia for that like 99 to 2003 era. It's just like, oh, that's mm -hmm. the Best Buy era. It's like you walk in there and just like, "Mm, the smell of CDR spindles. (laughs) Exactly. It is. Just the the, the smell of, yeah, there's a specific smell of Best Buy in that era. And uh, and I worked there all through like high school and college. So I would have used the the return policy. Um, It'd be like, it's broken. And and then they would just like, okay, uh, our policy is that we're just going to trash this. So here's your $200 credit. Go buy another device. Um, and so I had a number of them. Um, and I did have some Sony devices. And I have a Sony one. It is in my office someplace. I, I was unable to find it that I liked a lot. And, and they maybe aesthetically were a little more beautiful. And Sony did some interesting things with the remote. But the reason I chose the Sharp, A, it was my first. And B, if I'm being completely honest... It was my favorite. It was the best. Like the Sony ones I got after it that that were pricier and and that were, you know, maybe maybe slicker designed and and had um, you know, uh the, kind of the built-in rechargeable batteries um mm. were not as good. Like this the, this was an object that you could use like a a rechargeable like like AA in it, but like it it ran off of I think like two AA batteries. And mm-hmm. would last a really long time, which is, again, this weird thing where we were just at the cusp of everything switching from being able to be powered by regular batteries into being built in, you know, uh, yeah. lithium ions. And yeah. and so but there's something kind of if, if, I, if I was when I was kind of thinking about it, I was like my very favorite one was the first one, and not just because it was the first, but because it was honestly the best one I for I for years after I stopped using it as a portable player and I because I'd used um, Sony devices and then eventually I got an iPod and I was just like well the iPod is is it even though it doesn't have as many wonderful features as many disc halves like the iPod is it um, I would I would use it when I would do my my student filmmaking stuff as as a as a field recorder because mm, mini disc mm-hmm. was a really great format for that. You could connect uh, um, a, a audio device to it. You could plug it directly into a microphone. There's like an external mic jack on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense if you're recording, but it's just like, yeah, what an interesting. No, well, that, well, that's the thing. This is again like why, and and not all of them were created equal. Like Sony sold. Um, and I think this is actually why it probably failed when it first tried to come to the U.S. And I think they tried to bring it to the U.S. in 95 or 96. And and they were very expensive, although beautiful. But they were like player only. And if you wanted to get one that played and recorded, that was even more expensive. And you mm. have this this nascent format that almost nobody is releasing anything in. What's the point of only being able to play with it, Right. The way yeah. that it works, the way that people, the, the the enthusiasts who loved it, loved it was because it was also a recorder. 
And yeah. so having that external mic in was important. And for, for many, many years in kind of like the, the, the concert taping community, a lot mm. of people, you would see them using mini discs. Oh. Um, well into daisy chain mini discs well well into the 2000s well what would happen is you yeah exactly you just have people like you know connecting them to the soundboards well into the 2000s because there weren't a lot of other like field recorder devices that were as robust and were frankly as inexpensive as what you could Mm. get with a mini disc that's pretty that's pretty uh, that's pretty cool i like that image of just like (laughs) people in like daisy chain chaining into the soundboard like (laughs) mini discs yeah it feels very so this object is is um it is not the best looking thing right it's <laughs> no. like a silver square it's but silver. with some like edge like a mm-hmm. front edge it's been down and then there's like two off center circles that are like yes so like not even so, aligned with each other <laughs> no but but, but but it's so the design language of that era right yeah, yeah. totally, like it is, totally like, is. Like, like, like like you look at it and you exactly know what 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 era it is but you're right what if we made every button a different shape like what would, what would that <laughs> <Right>. be like <laughs> yeah how did you do you remember using the volume buttons because the one interesting thing about this is like the volume buttons are like up down up down not like a a knob like you like if you had to turn this down fast it would probably be really hard to be like yes and you did and so so there were a couple things you could do one um there were remotes that were available so you could have a remote that you would have connected to like your headphones and Uh so that would make it a little bit easier but yes that that Mm -hmm. was one annoying thing about this was be if you're trying to you know uh, adjust the volume there's not a dial you're having to use the physical buttons um the, the same thing with the with the play pause and that and, and whatnot i had a remote with mine i think it came with it um that, that again kind of connected to uh, i think that the headphones kind of passed through it, it as i recall correctly mm-hmm. um but it was it was um like kind of a cylindrical um uh, uh kind of vertically aligned remote very similar to the types of remotes that we would later see um connected to um the like some of the um the iPhone um, earbuds, but also um, the, uh, I can't remember what it was called, but, but Apple released like a, a pro version of, of their earbuds um, mm. that had kind of remote built into the side. So there was something mm. that was kind yeah. of similar to that. The Sony ones, which were more beautiful, I will be completely honest. And one of the things I liked about those, and, and I think one of the reasons why I, like, I, I bought those later, I originally got the Sharp because it was cheap. Um, I, there was a, a website that went out of business not long after. This was the, the dot-com era where companies thought they could sell things for hundreds of dollars below MSRP and somehow make, make a it profit. Up ads. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and I, I think that the MSRP on, on, on this device was $400. I'm, I Whoa. feel confident that I paid 160 mm. and Whoa. And uh, I, I couldn't find um, – I don't have access to the – the email account that uh, that I used to buy it. Um, I have some of those archived. I tried to check and I couldn't find it. But my memory, my memory could be wrong. But knowing how much I made at that age, I, I would not have been able to buy a four hundred dollar um, yeah. portable yeah. music device. Yeah. But yeah. I would have been able to pay one hundred and sixty dollars. And yeah. so uh, you know, it was definitely under. It was in. It was under two hundred dollars. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, which which was you know like in that pocket um but um so that was why i bought it but some of the sony ones had really beautiful designs and really beautiful yeah very walkman i feel like yes sony developed that whole like 
cool aesthetic, like bright blue, yellow, Walkman mm-hmm. aesthetic. And then they just like carried that into the mini players, like at least the ones that I saw, like doing mm-hmm. research for the show. And mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. It's it's like very similar kind of form factor. I love how all of these seem to really want to try to play off the circle of the mini disc itself, like in the design. It feels like mm-hmm. almost every single one has some like circle uh, aesthetic going on. Yeah. Um, and But it's just really interesting to me that all of these objects, it's like, it's interesting that the mini disc itself is just like the most compelling part, like visually, yes. you know, it's like, agreed. I feel like if we, if someone made some weird company made like a modern mini disc, which I could totally see happening, right? Mm. Like it would be probably completely clear the whole thing. So you could mm. see the mini disc itself or something, you know, mm-hmm. like I, there's just something interesting about how the mini disc like object like overrides like the aesthetic of the whole thing on like seemingly all of these where it's just like, Hey, check out. Yeah. Look, there's a totally. fancy disc in here. Totally. Yeah. So, so one of the things that I've shared with both of you in um, the, the, the various chats uh, was the, the uh, MZ one, um, MZ N one, oh. which was Sony's, which was Sony's. This came out in, in 2001. I had one of these. Uh, mine was in blue, but they came out in a number of colors and this was the very first one that used a format that they called NetMD. And this was a format that was to make it even easier to get MP3s and other portable audio files onto these devices. And what um. was interesting about this is that it had a dock, first of all, the way that yeah. it charged. It had it had a charging dock. And and at that time, charging docks were a big deal. And, and re- recall that the first number of iPods had docks. Um, and they, mm, they came they in did. the box. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah, they did. Um, <laughs> the 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 first one, the second generation, definitely did. I think the the third generation, um, they were available, but I, I I don't know. But yeah, it came came with the dock. Um, mm. And uh, you know, like the the handspring um, visor had a dock. The palm had a had had like a cradle. So having a way to dock and, and charge these these devices was again kind of a thing of that era with the sony device if you look at it like there it obviously still is uh very much of that era and and that they're using the walkman branding but it is aesthetically a lot better looking than 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 the sharp but the sharp has Mm -hmm. my heart but but the but the but the the sony's were gorgeous and that was one of the reasons why i like traded up was but sony uh, i mean i remember even the computers of in that era like oh, the sony gorgeous. vizio stuff Vio, which is way Vio, better yeah, yeah. oh Vio, yeah they were yeah, the yeah, best bio like way well, yeah. way better <laughs> oh no yeah. the, so, sony's industrial design i think in in the 90s uh in early 2000s um is the best it's it, it's yeah. a it came out in in the uh apple versus samsung lawsuit um over over the galaxy um uh, uh phone designs that um they had to uh I, I guess they ended up sharing some original early design concepts of the iphone and i think as kind of a a, a function a, kind of a forced functioning design um a process johnny i've had the team design what an iphone would look like and this was before the iphone even came out if sony designed it yeah and like, the design what would, what would sony do <laughs> and the design wound up being the iphone 4 yeah. Oh, so, wow. the, so, so, so they did this in like 2005, maybe 2006 or 2004, mm. maybe 2005. And it wound up being the iPhone 4. Um, and mm. and, and uh, that was Steve Jobs had always admired Sony's um, yeah. design language and it had always admired, you know, their their company uh, structure. But when 
it's it's really interesting. Remember uh, when those docs came out, you know, in in the in discovery in those hearings, people were like, oh, you know, a lot of people erroneously wrote, oh, Apple ripped off Sony. And it was like, no, Apple said, what if we designed something that looked like what Sony would do? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it wound up being the iPhone four, which I think. Uh, for better or worse, as much as we talked at the, at the beginning about how, like, uh, you know, we've kind of been stuck in this boring kind of shape d- d- design of, of phones, the perfect ideal, I think, of the smartphone as an object is the iPhone 4, the iPhone 5. Yeah, right? no, they that nailed is, it. Like, yeah. that, that, that's, yeah, that's that, perfection. That was shocking when that came out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, and it's shockingly still, good. Refined. And, and still... Absolutely. And, and to this day, if I have to think about like, in my mind, like what I think of are like m- the most beautiful objects that I've ever like experienced. I think the Palm 5 or, or the Palm 5X, um, I still think that is one of the most beautiful devices I've ever held and ever owned. Um, the iPhone 4 um, and, uh, you know, th- those two are up there. Um, and so, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but, but yeah, but the Sharp, to go back to it, it is, it is not the most beautiful device. Um, it is very much industrial, but that is also kind of part of the charm. I don't know. You know, like yeah, it was, it, it, it was definitely function over form. I, yeah. I would, I mean, I would like to go back to a world where it feels like everything now is in the, in the technical space is like designed from like, let's make this disappear. Like, even if it's a smart speaker, it's like, look how obtrusive, like unobtrusive we can make this thing look like, look, it's just black and it sits in your corner quietly. And same with every object you own. It's like, yeah, iPhone. It's like, Hey, look, this is how, look how neutral this is. Like, it doesn't matter. And all of these things feel like they're trying to be like, like fashion objects or like, yes. look, I'm the future. Look mm-hmm. at me. I'm the yes. future sitting here in my dock. I'm the future. Absolutely. Yeah. It, I, yeah, yeah. It, you're exactly right. I think you're exactly right. And it's like, I, it would be nice to go back to some of that, like, let's be fun again instead of like trying to make these things disappear. I mean, I totally feel, I have this story of um, someone I know who, shall remain nameless who's like a wealthy person who in 2009 uh when like there was like big ipods and iphones and everything yeah i think it was like or maybe 2008 but anyways they had a bowl of ipod shuffles on their desk and each ipod shuffle was an album and they oh would just God. like reach in the candy bowl and like pull out an album and like listen to it. Wow. And, and like that as a, and they had like a belt of like, like if they were going to carry like 10 albums, they would just like have a bunch of shuffles because they liked the idea of like, here's this object that is an album. And I just put it yes. in and it's like, here's the Beatles Live album on this like little object. And I think that there is something so compelling about I mean, this is probably just my age and nostalgia, but still, there's a lot of people my age, right? Like, I could totally see something working where it's like a mini disc type thing where you can have like, you wouldn't want it way smaller. You wouldn't want to be like a postage stamp. And it's no. like, here's 20 albums that I just carry with me or whatever. Yes. Here's Kid A. And I will select it out well, of the thing. Yeah, this is different yes. than what you're saying, but I think you're also probably tapping into why vinyl records have seen a resurgence yeah. where it's exactly. like, I, yeah. you're not carrying those with you, obviously, but it's like, I obviously the convenience of like streaming can't be beat, but it's like, I want a physical manifestation of this thing. That's really important to me. And I can like hold it and look at it and see the artwork. 
And so, uh, yeah, we got some yeah, records there right go. there. there I, I have, I literally have like an entire thing of records behind me, like in addition yeah. to music. All my, my office is filled uh, with dead technology objects, failed technology <laughs> objects, uh, Jordans, and vinyl records. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but I think you're exactly right. People want that manifestation. Like they like like having that physical object um, and and having kind of that, 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 that feeling of, of, of semi-permanence, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which, which and, we did lose. Yeah. We lose, and yeah. I, and then, like I, I've said this before, and I think it's still true for me that if I had to trade an iPhone or Spotify, I would keep Spotify and get rid of the iPhone or get rid mm-hmm. of a smartphone. Mm-hmm. But and so it's so important to me in my life. But there, I don't know. There is just I don't think that's going to go away. I, that mm-hmm. I think there will always be something with like books and media where people are going to want to have like a collect a physical collection that feel that's there. And so I would not be shocked at all if this came around again somehow where you you have these like, you know, something like a mini disc player that like. Yeah, well, I've I've heard that uh, it's like we've had kind of like a slow and steady vinyl resurgence and it's nothing mm-hmm. like in the 70s, but it is slowly creeping up. I've heard that. I've heard now CDs are like starting to, to have the, the same. CDs are so Bad. But I That's think I think what people I think what people are tapping into are well a you can get them super cheap right now so it's like yeah, an right. easy way to buy music and then b it's like oh it's like a vinyl record but like digital yeah. and better <laughs> so and it's, like, it's, it's history exactly. Going the same cycle. Like, exactly the I was same. gonna say it, it's literally the exact same argument that they were making in the eighties right like mm-hmm. which yeah, which, yeah. you know it, it, but but for a generation that doesn't remember them because I've heard yeah. that too um, there was a moment when tapes were sort of and hipsters there's still certain pockets of people where yeah. cassette tapes come out like uh, taylor swift has uh released her last four albums i think also on cassette tape mm-hmm. um and yeah, and i buy them i buy them because uh i will i don't even have a working cassette player right now mm-hmm. uh but i buy them for for the collector value right like it, yeah, it's, it's a great nothing. merch object yeah. It, yeah it it is and and and, and that's i think that the because tape is such a bad format that's yeah. all it really is. But there was, I, I was try, I tried to, when I, when I worked at Mashable, I tried to let them, um, I, I pitched and, and, and was turned down. And then someone else months later wrote something that was very successful. And I was very angry, but I tried to pitch a trend piece on the resurgence of, of cassette tapes in certain mm-hmm. circles because the, the hipster, you know, jerk offs that I was hanging out with in <laughs> Williamsburg, um, I was starting to notice an uptick in them. And I was like, wait a minute this is interesting um mm-hmm. yeah. and and uh but, but that didn't really take off uh the way the vinyl has uh because it's an awful format like it just is yeah yeah um vinyl whereas, has actual there's actual reasons yeah to all, like. all of there's the actual yeah. reasons yeah the the primary advantages of cassette tapes i feel were the portability and the yes. lack of skipping and it's like a smartphone solves all those already so yeah. smartphone like is, and, not... and a cd and a cd is better too right because like mm-hmm. a, a tape would have the, the issues of like breaking and and, yeah. and you couldn't you couldn't do track select and but but it took off because of cars um, you know, people mm-hmm. had a track yeah. players and cars, but, um, uh, tape was, was so much cheaper and, and that, and, and smaller. That's, that's why cassette tapes. And then the Walkman, of course, right? We, we mm-hmm. can't discount the Walkman. I wouldn't be surprised if like basically what amounts to a Game Boy cartridge. Yep. Comes back for music that, or something. Which would be great. Yeah. And, and that, that was essentially like, like you know, mini disc, but, but yeah, if you could take yeah. power mini disc, but make it even smaller micro disc, there you go. It's gotta be a solid go. state, you know, it's gotta yes. be a solid state thing. It's good. But the, the CD binders, I mean like the, 
Yes. You know, we're all very familiar with CD binders. <laughs> That's in our the greatest, lives. Great, greatest moments of our lives. Yeah, like, and all of there's us. Just you cannot beat that. Just like no. you cannot beat a physical photo album sitting on your coffee table. Like Absolutely. there's a reason why these things will remain useful objects. Or like, and so I, I think they're going to get more and more popular. And so it's just. Yeah, I, it'd be really great. Who would do this? I feel like teenage engineering or like yeah. maybe Sony yeah. would be like, mm-hmm. "Here we go, we're doing this, guys. We're, we're bringing it back." Oh well, there's I that know. Uh, the yeah. company Analog. Uh, they Analog. make the like yes. retro gaming systems, like an updated yeah. version of a yeah. Game Boy or whatever. Like maybe they could take a crack at it. I mean, anyone could do this. It's not hard. It's like a trivial. It's like a trivial problem. You just need to be able to muster enough momentum to have anything take off i mean that's the problem you have to get like the record you know but still it just feels like it could be so so very no i agree i agree yeah that's the thing well and this was also the problem with with mini disc is that why it didn't break through getting a new format is really hard and sony has tried so many times to recreate the magic that they created with cd because sony was one of the the creators of, of the cd format and that was obviously a huge success um, but they failed many more times than they succeeded. They failed with Betamax. They failed with um, uh, uh, Super Audio CD, even though those are now mm. weirdly having a moment too, because as, <laughs> as, as, you, as you were mentioning, you know, Dan, like, like CDs are having a comeback. Super Audio CDs are also having a comeback. Uh, if you're mm. not familiar with that format. What does that, that even much, mean? So it, it was genuinely like a much, much higher fidelity recording. So it's like 24-bit. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and, and, and again, this is a format that's 30 years old. Yeah. Um, and, but they were selling, you know, 24 bit CDs in the nineties. Um, primarily, uh, most of the, the stuff that was sold was classical music. You had a few commercial mm-hmm. projects that were released. DVD audio competed with it a little bit. DVD audio failed and DVD audio was actually not a great format. DVD was a great format, but DVD audio was not. Mm-hmm. Um, Sony was involved in DVD, but I think that was largely pioneer and, somebody else um but um you you'd had like sony tried a number of times mini disc being i think uh, for me like obviously that's why we're talking about it the the most painful failure but they <laughs> tried i think really to get people to adopt it as this exactly what we're talking about this this place that would sit between a cd and and kind of like a you know a, a tape because yeah. it did have the qualities of both and it was it was more portable um, they just didn't see the coming digital revolution. And then when they did, they, they started doing weird things like trying to make their own proprietary like music format and, and like everybody yeah. just wanted to use it. Work. And you, no way. It's not going to work. You, yeah. And you could convert, you know, um, your MP3s to that stuff seamlessly. Like the way that I would get MP3s onto my Sharp Mini Disc Player, it was easier on the Sonys. The Sonys was a lot faster and was nearly real time. But on the Sharp, what I would do is I would plug it into the sound card, so the audio out on my sound card, and I would use Audion if I was using a Mac, or I would use Winamp if I was on a PC, and I would hit, I would have a playlist that was the length that I wanted it, and I would hit play, and then I'd hit record <laughs> on the mini disc, and it would record, and what was great is that it immediately would separate the tracks because it, it, it would listen for, for, for the gaps and uh-huh, immediately do uh-huh. the track separation. And if there was a problem, if for some reason like there was supposed to be a longer, you know, the gap was part of a song, because it's mini-disc, you could merge the two tracks together. It was mm, not a problem. Mm-hmm. But it, it would immediately separate the tracks, and it would take the metadata from the MP3 player um, that was playing on my, on, on my computer, 
and write that as the the, the title huh. of the track. So um, so it was very well designed. And then later on, uh, so so it was one of those things that could take time because it was like the one X CDR days. Yeah. yeah. But you could just turn the volume down. So it yeah. wasn't a big deal. And because it was highly reliable, unlike a CDR where it would fail, you know, the last minute yeah. or you bump it <laughs> and, and then you're like, shoot, I've got to do this again. Yeah. Never had that problem. And then later on, uh, some of the Sony models that I had would, would let you do like 4X, 5X, 6X mm. speed. Got to the point where it was basically as fast. And then actually I had a couple, I had one Sony model um, uh, that, that had like, you know, USB direct connect. And, and so you could just basically it, it would just uh, basically write the files um almost natively mm-hmm. um to the disk because again it was a data format it was a data format um that, that was primarily used for music but it was a data format and um uh which i guess technically all of these things we're talking about were tapes vinyl maybe but mm-hmm. like you know they were it was a truly a digital format mm-hmm. um that, that you were happened to primarily record analog stuff onto yeah. yeah um but but that was you know that was the process yeah again this is why i i you know in 2002 abandoned it largely as as a portable music player and, and it was more just kind of like i would use it for audio recording and mm-hmm. and for you know just being a, a obsessive and if i wanted to make like special mix tapes or 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 playlists to share with the five other people i knew who had mini discs um <laughs> you know an ipod was just so much easier mm-hmm. but in 2000 what a great way of of taking all this music that you've illegally downloaded off the internet <laughs> yeah. and put into a fantastic playlist well good news now we're just like recording good news guys you could buy a three thousand dollar sony walkman they're still making i just said oh, yeah. links they're still making high-end sony walkmans that are like touchscreen yeah. i had mini, no idea mini disc or cassette no, like no, just this digital. Is just just oh, it's just player. like a, they're state. still calling it Walkman, but it's like an MP3 Super player. Super high-end <laughs> MP3 player for like audio files. It's wow. like there's like a balanced <laughs> headphones port and like. Yeah, I've looked at these. I when I was in, I, I when I was in Dubai, I saw some of these, and um, I was like, I I I still can't convince myself. Um, they also make some less expensive models that I've almost bought a few times. <laughs> Huh. Because I like the idea of just having a portable music player again. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, I instead, feel, what I did is, is I re. I think it's going to come back. I think people are going to like. I think people are going to be looking for ways. Just like that. What was it like? What's that zero phone or whatever that phone was that was like popular mm-hmm. for a minute about just like no social media or no internet and like, I just feel like some of these things will come back around in some way, unless it just we jump the ship and it's like everyone's wearing like VR glasses and it doesn't matter because it's like mm-hmm. in your ear. But yeah, yeah there's something right. about these that, I don't know, it is, they are very interesting in the same way. Although, but just not, the fact that you are not putting in a physical thing and you have this like emblematic, like, especially if you're an audiophile, it's like you'd think you'd want like, here's this classical album. Here's this like, <laughs> Dark side of the moon. Like, totally. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, you're 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 talking about you were talking about analog before, and, and they they released the analog pocket, which was like their recreation of um the um the the Game Boy mm-hmm. Color, mm-hmm. basically, and and it and it's great because it can use the original cartridges. I'm with you. I, I do wonder if like I mean, look, if Sony can sell thirty seven hundred dollar MP3 players, and clearly they look, they probably only sell a handful a year. Yeah. but but they. They sell enough to, to continue to, to have them on the market. 
like you could think that they could do like it would be like a Nintendo Switch where you could have these little, you know, cartridges, mm-hmm. like you said. Yeah, of, I mean, of, they of could do objects. it. I think it's just the like, uh, if you're making people like doubt, like put them on their phone from Spotify, it's like the rights don't work. And then it's like, oh, they're not going right. to buy an album. So it's like, I think the problem problems is probably actually the like music licensing at this point, because. Oh, yeah. Like it, I would yeah, buy an album. Totally. Like, like it would be hard to convince me. But if I could, um, if I with like Spotify part of my plan i could like burn like 10 albums a month or something Mm. i maybe would like there's something that i would consider doing that's true like i could Mm. talk myself into that that. no totally well i mean i think this is why there was like a lot of like sadness like when um you know the ipod touch finally died and when you know uh years earlier than that when the ipod classic died right like i think that there there would have been a world where like if you'd had like a truly like wireless version of the ipod or like like or even let's just say like a spotify portable device or or um an apple music portable device right Mm -hmm. where it's not a phone because it's not going to do that but it has wi-fi on it and you can access all the songs that you want but its only purpose is to play music i actually do think that people would buy that Hmm. so i I, yeah especially the thing that we'll have to break first is the thing that everyone thinks they have to have a phone on them all the time and i could it wouldn't be not hard to convince me that this trend starts happening with like the you know techno forward people where it's like Maybe I have an Apple Watch for emergencies. I can contact people, but I'm going out with no phone. It's like it becomes, there's some meme about it or there's some phrase. (laughs) And if that becomes like a lifestyle that people are rocking a lot of time, then no phone life. (laughs) Right away, there's going to be a huge need for music because that's not stopping. And podcasts, right? No, music and podcasts. No, because you're right. Because like you, I don't know what I would. I don't know if, what I would give up if I would give up my iPhone or that is like a true Sophie's choice for me. But <laughs> yeah, I, but, but I mean, we've spent three quarters of our lives with some sort of form of portable music on our person, yeah. whether it was a Walkman or a Discman or mini disc or an mm-hmm. iPod or an mm-hmm. iPhone, right? Like yeah. it, that is, and, and, and people who are younger than us have never known a world where you didn't yeah. have your music on your person. Like that is one of the most culturally defining things I think of the last 40 years has been actually let's even go back further than that because my mom had a transistor radio in the 60s when mm-hmm. she was a teenager yeah, no it's like a and thing I mean it's gotten that, better thing, obviously yeah. but sure. it, it doesn't but, it matters no I think but, but it that's is one like of those ingrained yeah. it is it's, it's like we need our music right I think mm-hmm. that's why like portable TVs never took off the same way and we had a number of those my dad really liked the Sony Watchmen that's what they call them the Watchmen the portable TVs um, those were ridiculous um, I used to steal them and take them on um, school trips um, on when we'd have to like take Amazing. a bus to Washington DC or something and I was like I I was like nine years old I'm not even joking I was like I'm nine years old and I cannot miss the season finale of Melrose Place because I do not trust my older sister to record it at home and I'm not waiting three months to, for a rerun. Amazing. Uh, and, and so I'm yeah, stealing my dad's portable TV. The stakes are high. TV. Absolutely. I'm stealing my dad's <laughs> yeah. portable TV, and I'm watching it on the bus. And, and the other <laughs> kids and parents are like, what are you doing? What are you like, doing? I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching I'm television. I'm the future. You just don't know. I, 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 honestly. Um, uh, it, it's it's uh, so many parts of my childhood that I look back and I'm like, oh, that's so obvious that you are who you are. <laughs> You've yeah, always so, been okay, who so you are. <laughs> why is this mini disc, though? I mean, we've kind of talked around this, but it's just like, 
why does the mini disc stick out as such an iconic thing? I, I feel it's like the Game Boy, where it's like in the yeah. sea of game consoles, the Game Boy just stands proud as like, look how iconic I am. Like I will be a symbol in a hundred years from now. And I feel like the mini disc is weird. I yeah, think, is for it because me, it's weird. I mean, for me, the mini disc. I had, I had mentioned this on the show we did with Alex Cox. Uh, they chose the Game Boy Color as their object such to great, talk such about. A great object. And so for me, in the late '90s, it was like the Game Boy Color and the mini disc. Mm-hmm. A mini disc player were the two objects that I so desperately wanted, and I didn't acquire either of them. But I, it was like my first tech obsession. Like I wanted both of these, and so I, I think. For the mini disc, that's part of it where it was like this first object where it's like, this is the future. Like, this is so awesome. Yes. And then it was very quickly, as we mentioned, like usurped Replaced. by MP3 players or, or CDRs or whatever. But it was a, a stake in the ground of like, here is what the future looks like. And look how literally yeah. futuristic it looks like with these like future matrixy uh, floppy disk it's things. The, it's the fact that you can make an icon out of it. Like, show me an mp3 icon good luck right totally no no dice but like i could show a lot of people a square with a circle in it with another rectangle covering the circle some and it's like what's this well that's a mini disc and it's like there's something about that same with the game boy or game boy color in general it's just like it's Mm -hmm. the icon is so like the little buttons that are at an angle it's just like yes and i think that that stuff like is what makes this design durable. Like how iconic it is really does matter. Uh, and I know that yes. a lot of it, the reason it's iconic is because it's popular. Like it's, it's complex, but I, I don't know. I think there's something about it. Same with the floppy disk. Like show but, but, me a but, rectangle but, but the, with the circle and then a little line. And you know, pill it's still it. the save icon. It's still yeah. the save icon to this day. Yeah, you have, you have, genera- you have you have generations of kids who have never used a floppy disk, who will never yeah. use a floppy disk, because that's another one that will not come back in vogue for any reason, because yeah. it's a bad format, yeah, and so nostalgia yeah. won't carry it through. But mm-hmm. but that is still the save icon, because it's iconic, as you say. Mm-hmm. And, and But for me, mini disc, it wasn't even popular. It was weird, but it was beautiful. Yeah, and true. I think, I, I think like you, Dan, like the reason I coveted it, and the reason I bought one, was because it felt like the future. Like you could see exactly what was going to happen. We didn't know how it was going to happen, but you could see at this moment, um, Tom Scott this, this this week, as we're recording this, released a video about, that. it's called something like, I, I tried AI, it scared me. And, mm. and he, he talks about his experiences using ChatGPT to write some code and how it made him kind of have an existential crisis about how sea changes and he compares it to, to Napster when, when that was, was a sea change, yeah. you know, um, in, in, in the late nineties. And that was that moment, I think, especially for those of us who were like teenagers, like we saw so clearly this, this oncoming revolution. We didn't know exactly what it would look like, but we knew that things were going to change. And it's irresistible. And it was it's irresistible. such a good product. Product is irresistible. And, yeah. and, and the mini disc was like, the perfect encapsulation of that because it was like this is digital this is the future this is the 2000s this is the next millennium right like this this is what music will look like it wasn't but we thought that it was it was it was a cassette tape that solved every downside of cassette tapes yes so yes it was so obviously like oh all these little annoying things where i can't skip the track or i can't do this and that it's like this solves it perfectly oh man same with ai Uh, well, yeah. should we uh, should we squeeze in a, a Dita Rams corner to close the close the show out? 
Uh, yeah. Let's yeah. do this. Uh, so yeah, this is uh, the segment. I, I never know if I need to inter- introduce this or not to the listener, but this is where we choose uh, the Dieter Rams design principle that we think this object best exemplifies. So Christina, if you'd like to go first, what do you think? Yeah. So um, I think um, the one that I'm going to choose is um, is aesthetic. Mm, wow, that's bold. <laughs> <laughs> it it does have a aesthetic. <laughs> well, I, but, but, and, and, and I'm talking about not necessarily this object. I'm talking about like the the mini disc itself. Like if you mm, talk about like the actual yeah. physical mini disc itself, I think that that yeah. is aesthetic. It's mm. true. It's 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 got this. Um, it was such a. I mean, what a what an insight to be like this is going to be clear. It might've just been because like that was the industrial design trend at the time mm-hmm. that to make things clear and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. see through or whatever. But the fact that that thing was clear and you could see the iridescence of the yep. disc that it's like, look at this hologram object. Like, what do you mean? Like, is it even there? Right. Like, what is digital? What is it? What is digital? Yeah. That yeah, aesthetic it, it, is. It, yeah. What do you think, Tom? Um, I kind of, I kind of want to say is like long, long lasting from it, like couched in the idea that it is that it, that the idea like that the, the icon, like the, that it's iconic. And I know that that's not probably exactly what the good design is long lasting means, but I just think that whenever you can pull that off and make something iconic, it just, it's, it becomes the most important thing about the object to me. And mm. I know, again, I'm talking with you, Christine, about the mini disc thing. Yes. Um, but at the same time, almost if you saw like a square with some like circles on it, I'd be like, is that a mini disc player? You know, it's like, <laughs> there's something totally. about like, there's something about it that just makes it seem important that it's an object that we're talking about like, you know, 20 years later and or 30 years later. And totally. So, yeah. To yeah. me, that no, I think, I think like you're important. right. What, what brought me down this rabbit hole was that someone showed off a, a photo of a, one of the new Oppo um, foldable smartphones and mm. it looks when it's closed, it looks like a mini disc. It looks like a mini disc <laughs> player. Like when I saw it, mm-hmm. that was what stuck out to me. I was like, Oh my God, this looks like a mini disc player. And that like took me down this entire rabbit hole of things I hadn't thought about in years. So I think you're yeah. right. Like it's when even, yeah, when, when you have that sort of design that is, that is long lasting, that, that you know it when you see it, even if you didn't experience it. Yeah. There's something about those, but um, like a button that is a circle that's raised slightly with a chamfer and then like pressed in like letters of play or fast forward. Like <laughs> that is the most nineties, but like thing there yeah. is like, you know, and it's like, it's painted metal. It's not metal. Mm-hmm. It's plastic that's painted to look like metal. Like that is so, it's like the quickest way to become a retro device if you just like put that on your device nowadays. <laughs> totally. Yeah, there's something about that stuff. Hmm. What about well, you, Dan? Wow. You both chose probably the two that I would have ranked last. Oh, cool. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah. No, that's nice. Uh, I'm just going to go with the, this is a boring one, but I'll say good design makes a product useful. Uh, Christine, as you mentioned, the kind of uh, function over form of this, like these things were designed to be used and the functionality was kind of the the key uh differentiator where it's like oh it's like a cassette tape except you can do this and this and this you can separate the tracks you can skip tracks you can reorder them you can 
you know, pull stuff off from your computer or whatever. So I feel like that was a lot of the appeal aside from the kind of the futurism. And it's like, Oh wow, look at this Mm -hmm. like fancy future object. It was like, look at all the things that this can do. Yeah. It is future. It like, it totally is feature driven. Mm -hmm. Like the whole conceit of the whole thing and the whole whole thing go through it is because of like, yeah, it is so feature driven. It's true. I just, it's like, that is true of it as a category, but then like the thing that also is interesting about that is because it's about the technology, the design could be kind of anything. And so that's why these exactly. designs get so mm. wild because it's like, <laughs> well, we have literally no content here to work with. We might as well make it circles or like lumps or whatever, because there's literally nothing to grab onto. Yeah. And I like I think the reason why Sony is successful is because they just said, we're just not going to do anything. Like, Maybe it should be flat, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and have a color, you mm-hmm. know, instead of being like, well, we've got to make this interesting. So let's put some concentric circles kind of <laughs> off center and like, you know, swoops and different buttons. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. And, it, and if people are interested, if they go to minidisc.org, which still exists and somebody still is maintaining, it's an old site, you know, from like the, the, the late 90s, 2000s, like they have like freaking tables and stuff. They had basically kind of a listing and a thing of every mini disc player that was oh, ever nice. made. And you can Whoa. see some of these, like there, there's like one that I'm looking at from like 1992, which is incredible. And that, that, that Iowa made and, and that looks very industrial. And I think to your point, that is kind of the thing is that there was a wide array of, of designs. Sony made the most beautiful ones. Um, and I think the mm-hmm. most, you know, um, future-proof ones and the most uh, Ramsian ones, if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. But um, some of them, you know, are, are awful looking. Some of them are, are, are beautiful <laughs> in their own ways. But that's sort of interesting that, that you really did have this, you know, very much like kind of cross-section of people trying to figure out, okay, well, what, what, what do we make? What do we do with this rectangle, right? We, we know that we have to fit it in that, but, but what, what do we do? I'm looking at this page of literally it's like all players on this mainest.org, this feels like quite the industrial design resource for like people. <laughs> it's like objects like this. Cause it's like, it, like you said, it's like, well, we don't have anything to do. Let's just like throw the sink at it. Like what can we, <laughs> and it's like all these different options. It's pretty wild to see all these different styles just clicking around randomly. Yeah. Okay. Look, look, look at this sharp one. I'm going to send you because this is bizarre. This is, this looked like it was a weird, so they had the player and then they had a dock and so the player looks Whoa. like the standard, the, 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 the standard, you know, just um, uh, it's red, it, it's aluminum, oh. you know, industrial design square, but then it has this circular dock that the player can go in that yeah. has a screen yeah. on it that, that you wild. can use on a bedside table. It's not even That's a circle. Amazing. It's like a truncated yeah. circle with like two different curves. It's like, it look, I mean, it looks like a CD player. Like it looks like, yeah, it, it does. Like it looks like a CD player. It's you're exactly docking that your mini disc on top of a CD player. <laughs> No, but that's exactly what it looks like. And they even have one in this amazing blue color that has like these specks of white in it. Like that was the interesting thing too, you know, about Mm, this era is you mm -hmm. had all these colored devices, which obviously we saw with the iPod, right? The iPod um, mini, one of the reasons that it was so successful, I think in addition to the price was because you could get them in colors. Mm -hmm. And and then that obviously like contained with the Nano. And um, and so, yeah, this, this, uh, this page... Um, the whole website is really just like a flashback of, you know, what, what peak industrial design was 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's awesome. What a resource. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we don't, 
Yeah. I love it. I love yeah. these buttons. So, someone, I mean, someone should be writing some like design thesis out there in grad school about this. <laughs> I'm sure it's happened, but it's just like this era. Yeah. yeah pretty great. Yeah. Pretty great. Well, this has been an awesome uh, trip down memory lane. It's one, of, it's truly one of my like favorite. I mean, I think everyone, uh, you know, has a soft spot for kind of their high school and college years. You know, so when everyone kind of establishes their music taste for the most part. And so to have to have that be a time when you're having these affinities for music players makes total sense because those those two things are aligned. Um, I have one question for you, uh, Christina, being the the resident uh taylor swift expert uh it's actually more of a theory it's it's tying into our uh, discussion we can cut this out if uh i'm completely off base here so i'll uh, we'll close the show with this (laughs) so here's i have a a theory about taylor swift's uh most recent album midnights and so she released this out or she announced this album it's called midnights 13 songs you can pre-order it here and then for the listeners that don't know, then I was like, surprise, there's actually seven more songs that are like part of this album. And so my theory is this entire structuring of the album was purely done so she could double her vinyl record production production capacity by releasing an album that fits on one LP instead of two, which all of her kind of previous records were. So it's like, what is the easiest way to sell as many to to work mm. within the constraints of this really uh like constrained vinyl record production industry right now? It's like, well, it needs to be one LP instead of two. And so I'm gonna do this right. like staggered release where it's like the real album is really 20 tracks, but there's like this <laughs> edited version that like you can get on a single LP. What how does that strike you? What do you think about that? <laughs> I, I've never thought of that. I think you're I think you're right. Oh, I think yes. you're right um, because um, she. I know that she pre-purchased a lot of um, vinyl like production time, mm-hmm. um, and but because with folklore, um, and I have all of the editions of folklore and Evermore. It took months to get those, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously that was 2020. Um, but they've also changed how they count vinyl sales. You can't a pre-order doesn't count. You have to actually ship it for it to count as, as the sale. So, 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 so I, so I think you're right because for folklore, um, and, and evermore, she could get away with, okay, you're pre-ordering this. Now we will not have the vinyl copies for four months because of Mm -hmm. production things, Mm -hmm. but, but we'll, we'll go ahead and be able to count these sales, um, towards, toward, toward, towards our, our, um, our goals. But, um, but, um, I, I think that that's exactly it. Uh, I think that, um, she a fit on one and because of the the dilemma yeah the no, okay, oh, that's interesting i, I, I have to be able to release be as soon as possible yeah, yeah. yeah. if i if, huh. if i want to ha- hit those first week for the first week anyway right like after that who mm-hmm. cares but she, she she wanted she wanted to, to do that million sales for the first week mm, yeah. and mm. she wanted to break the vinyl record she wanted to break adele's vinyl record and and uh <laughs> so yeah i think that 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 i yeah being a consummate taylor swift fan and also knowing that she's like a very savvy <laughs> businesswoman i think you're exactly yeah. right oh, yes all right good job dan thank you thank you Very by the job. way i <laughs> kept looking at that page of managers players and there was like three more images i dropped in there just for your viewing <laughs> pleasure this, yeah, this is really is a wild uh collection oh my gosh <laughs> like that, that that second link uh, it's just sort of like the fins or something yeah. like I, it's that's, that's kind of great insane 
it's kind of yeah, great. Like I don't even kind of awful, understand. but it's kind of great. <laughs> yeah, it's at least yeah. something, you know. It's at least something, <laughs> and it, it, I, there's not very many things anymore. Like uh, there's like so few companies that are making things at scale that actually like are like whoa, you know. Like Playdate was like that, which is you know yes. a lot of teenage engineering influence, and mm-hmm. it's just like. Oh man, why can't we go back to some fun? They'll come. That's the thing. That's the thing. It's I think fun. everyone's gonna get and, bored and of like, it's like I'm done with phones. Yeah. Like they've died. Like they were done five years ago. It's like totally anymore. Because as we discussed, what more can you do? We've already reached the perfection of the design. So, yeah. you know, okay, you've already reached the apex. Now, like, let's get weird. Yeah, yeah let's get weird. Come on, guys, let's get weird. Thoroughly considered as a joint production between Relay FM and Studio Need. You can find out more about this episode by going to relay.fm slash TC slash 95.